You are listening to Adventures in Sustainable Business with Jurgensen and Peterson. Join the adventurous exploration of sustainable business. Okay. In this episode of Adventures in Sustainable Business, we have exciting news because there is a new MOOC out in the world. And MOOC, of course, is an acronym for Massive Open Online Course. And this MOOC is called Business Models for Sustainability. And it is a joint collaboration between CBS, the Copenhagen Business School in Denmark, uh, ESCP Berlin, uh, ESADA Business School in Barcelona, and uh, our Center for Sustainable Business at NHH, Norwegian School of Economics. We are very happy that the MOOC is now live on the Coursera platform. And with us today to talk about this MOOC, uh, what it is, who it is for, what you can learn if you take it, and much more, uh, is our good colleague and friend Kishti Reitan Andersen, who is a postdoctoral researcher at uh, CBS in Copenhagen. Welcome to Adventures in Sustainable Business, Kishti. Thank you. And thank you for the invitation to come talk to you. I'm super excited for this. So are we. And uh, we've been working with this for a long time, collaborating uh, on it for a long time. But uh, Lars Jakob explained MOOC. But, but what is really a MOOC? Well, a uh, MOOC is, um, as I see it, is an amazing opportunity for us here at CBS and other universities to um, to communicate our research to a much broader audience than who you would normally reach through writing academic articles. Um, so it's a way of sharing our knowledge. It's a way of um, engaging people in conversations about the research. Um, and also it's a way of Hopefully, uh, in our case, because we do research on sustainable business models, um, it's a way of supporting um, industries uh, to become uh, more sustainable. Um, if we look at the content itself, a MOOC is a um, it's an online course. It uh, in this case it consists of I think six or seven modules. Um, each module has um, between five and seven videos. Uh, one of our modules for this course is <laughs> is quite extensive, so I think that one has something like 12 videos. They're pretty short videos, between five and seven minutes, usually, um, where we both present some, um, some theory around sustainable business models, but we also... Uh, discuss and exemplify through uh, cases a lot of the theory. So we get to meet a lot of practitioners working with sustainability who are willing to share with us uh, both uh, their successes, but also some of the challenges that they're facing in transforming their business models. So uh, it's super exciting and it's very practical. And there's a backdrop here. This isn't our first collaboration, Kirsti, on uh, on open teaching materials uh, we actually first met when uh, three of the partners in this uh, in this particular MOOC uh, so CBS NHH and ESADA uh, joined forces on an EU funded project called sustainable business models and I'm sure that many of our listeners 
will be familiar with the systbus.com website where those videos are currently uh, housed, if you will. So, so we have done this kind of thing before, filmed uh, brief uh, teaching videos and, and case videos on topics related to sustainable business models. And uh, it was your idea, I believe, to take this one step further and to try to put it on the Coursera platform, which is one of, of several different platforms that provide uh, MOOCs to the world. And they have millions and millions of users, these large uh, platforms. Perhaps we could ask you, because you actually have some um, prior experience also offering materials on the Coursera platform with, with colleagues at CBS. You have done a MOOC previously on sustainable fashion. So before we dig into our own MOOC, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your experience doing that and you know uh, how, how was um, uh, how has that process been so far well um, the first MOOC we did for Coursera uh, took <laughs> quite some time in development because it was our first course and uh, we needed to understand the format that Coursera offers uh, they have a quite nice setup um, that allows some flexibility but it they have a you know they have a structure and you need to deliver content into this structure um, we've done a lot of research on sustainable fashion, uh, sustainable business models for the fashion industry. So, so we developed this course, um, having a quite, I think, ambitious um, intentions for for the content in terms of how it it should look uh, and how it should feel, and also, of course, for the, for the content itself, but also a lot of investment going into the design of the course. Um, we launched the course in November 2019, so now it's been online for a bit more than two years. Um, and we should mention that, the, as we all know, the pandemic hit <laughs> not soon after, quite soon after we launched the course, and um, and that uh, gave people time uh, at home in front of their computers. Um, but today, I think we have more than 42,000 learners globally. Uh, on this one course, which is specific to the industry. Um, and we're extremely excited about this. I've never had so many people reach out to me um, asking for more content, uh, being excited about the course, uh, wanting to discuss issues brought up in the course. Um, we've also had, um, of course, ideas for how we could improve it. So we're actually right now in the process of uh, doing uh, of editing the material a bit. So we'll do a relaunch of the course uh, this summer. Um, but it's um, it's an amazing way to kind of um, try to also um, formulate your research or communicate it in a different way than what you usually do being a researcher. Um, we reach people. Um, outside of uh, academia it's mostly um so Coursera has quite a good statistics on users um and we can tell that a lot of the people taking our course are practitioners uh, working in the industry we have quite a lot of that and that's because of the Coursera platform uh, Coursera uh, has a big audience in in Asia uh, and also South America and a lot of you know, a lot of the fashion industry actually takes place in Asia. So we have a lot of Indian uh, uh, learners uh, on the platform, uh, a lot of people working uh, in production, taking the course, which from our side is absolutely amazing because it also, you know, it opens up doors for having conversations that we otherwise wouldn't be able to have. 
a student. I mean, thinking as a as a student, I would I would I would typically uh, go to a university, enroll in a course, follow uh, the lectures, do the do the exam, and, and and get a paper that has some value. What is expected from a student doing a, a MOOC, and what does the student get or receive in in return? So um, with Coursera, uh, I think the whole idea behind the platform originally was that um, highly qualified material, educational material, should be available to everyone so that education shouldn't depend on how much money you have. So that was the fundamental idea and still is, I think. Um, that means that basically... Um, by signing up for making a profile on Coursera, you have access to all their pretty much all their material, a lot of it at least. Uh, and you can take, for example, our sustainable fashion course. You can take that for free. The only thing you can't do uh, if you don't pay is getting you, – you don't do the final assignment. So all courses have some sort of final assignment that asks you in one way or other to kind of apply and discuss um, – what the course has taken you through and then you submit it and then it's a uh, peer-to-peer reviewing um, exercise so so you can you you know the the paper doesn't get a grade but it gets accepted or not accepted I guess and then uh, you can get a certificate but that certificate you only get if you pay uh, a small fee I forget what it's something like twenty dollars I think and if you don't have twenty dollars, you can actually apply with Coursera to get um, to get it for free if you don't have the money. So uh, the whole Coursera platform is really kind of started from this idea of of educational education should be available to everyone, which I think is absolutely amazing. And since we are now um, officially collaborating with Coursera, I should be careful in saying what I'm about to say. But I want to take the student view, and I've actually been a student or a participant in in these kinds of open access or, or, or MOOC courses, but that was actually on the edX platform. So I, I shouldn't say that out loud, but it's true. Uh, and this was when I was doing, um, or not really doing pedagogical training, but as a part of, of you know, uh, after having worked for many years as, as researchers, we, we are sometimes asked to sort of uh, further build our, our pedagogical skills. And I actually spent uh, the better part of a summer uh, using my breakfasts, doing pedagogical training on the edX platform. I did courses from Harvard, courses from the University of Texas, University of Queensland. And, you know, if I see this from a sort of user's perspective, and of course, I didn't need the paperwork. I, I think I paid for those certificates, but that wasn't the point. The point was getting, you know, some new insights into how to design teaching activities in the classroom, how to think about what a good exam looks like and, and stuff like that. And I, I have to say that I, I really, having been trained in a classical classroom, you know, university setting, uh, I really like this sort of self-paced learning that, you know, if you have seven minutes here to watch this video, then you do this follow-up uh, assignment, like you said, you can choose, at, at least it's the case on edX, I think it's the same on Coursera, that you can choose whether or not you want to join in on more sort of communal exercises. If you want to, you can work together with learners from all over the world and have like almost colloquial set, uh, sessions together. Uh, so there's something about the whole MOOC experience and more broadly, this kind of online open access uh, teaching material experience that is really very uh, you can make it very tailor-made, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And you can use it for whichever purposes if you're you know, already a 
tenured uh, academic or you're you know beginning to, to to learn something from scratch as a 17 year old uh, it, it's there for you you can choose how to engage with it the depth with with it, with which you engage into it and the degree to which you collaborate with with others so i think there's something about this you know this freedom of choice if you will that that really makes this this MOOC experience um attractive for a lot of different types of, of learners i think you're completely right and i think um um and, you know, the pandemic has also taught us that to do a lot of things online. So I think what was already a lot of people using it beforehand, but I think now I think even more people are kind of tuned to these online learning settings. Uh, I'm a big fan of being in a classroom. I won't, uh, <laughs> I won't uh, hide that, but uh, I think the combination of the two, I think uh, the online setting can can give can give so much and I you know increasingly I know of people who basically learn entire new fields or skills having taken online courses because some of the material there is quite amazing um YouTube and now we you know we use Coursera but you have people on YouTube who can teach you anything so I think um what Coursera maybe offers you that you YouTube doesn't at the moment is that you know they have they have some guarantee of the material there. It's um, you know developed by people who know their field. Um, so so I think there they have an advantage. But the whole online learning experience and the opportunity to also discuss with others who work within the same field and have the same interests. I think um, online platforms are you know are amazing in that sense. A colleague of mine uh, argues that uh, knowledge is the only resource that uh, increases in value when you share it. And this uh, this idea of a MOOC here, um, opening up, giving it uh, knowledge away from fr for free. Um, and as a student, as I asked you earlier, um, typically you have to move to a city uh, and then you have to uh, attend a university. You have to have good enough grades to, to, to get into the university. And it's a lot of competition to get in. I see now on the sustainable fashion platform that you had uh, over 40,000 students already enrolled in that course. And you told us that uh, you bring in students from all around the world. You, you, uh, and this is, uh, it's, it's kind of uh, a democratization of knowledge uh, in a way. And, and now this new course that we have created in, in business models for sustainability. Um, uh, it's, I'm happy to be a part of that. I'm happy to, to be able to share that kind of knowledge to the world because I find that uh, very important. Uh, sustainability is important and the role of business. And it's not given to, to design uh, sustainable business models. We have worked long enough with, with, with large and, and small companies all around the world to know that it, it is difficult. It's possible, but it's, it's difficult. In, in episode three of uh, Adventures, we had another sustainability adventure uh, as a visitor, Nancy Bokken. Uh, she just uh, uh, wrote a paper together with her um, colleague uh, that was called unsustainable business models and she started out with with doing research on sustainable business models and and she said and she told us in in, in the podcast episode she she said that um, in the beginning i thought it was kind of just 
showing people how to do it and they would do it and then after all these years years uh, she said that um, but they don't uh, so and then she, she she turned it upside down and she wrote this paper unsustainable business models showing that in in, in different uh, sectors all the sustainability problems that are there and that needs to be solved uh, and, and and with this MOOC, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done out there globally. Uh, as you said, with the, with, the, with the fashion industry, well, there's lots of problems related to the fashion industry. And it's great to share that knowledge with people around the whole world. So, so, so then the question is, what is the kind of the purpose here behind business models for sustainability? What, what do we want people to, to learn, Kisti? I think from my perspective, at least, and I think what runs throughout the course is this, I think we want people to engage in the discussion, right? We want to open up people's minds to discuss these things. And I think that going back to Nancy Bakken, that that I, I, I don't think the course is going to magically transform, <laughs> you know, everybody again that I got now, I know how to do sustainability because I don't think that's the case. But I think with the course, we can hopefully open the discussion. Um, Florian uh, Ludica Freund, who is also, he's from ESCP, but he talks a, he talks a lot about um, the value discussion, you know, the shared value that's been around, for, you know, that that term has been around for, for a decade or so now, I guess. But the whole thing about bringing everybody into the conversation, I think what at least we experienced with the previous course, the sustainable fashion course, is that we now suddenly have people from a, pretty much across the value chain um, engaging in the course, which means that suddenly you, you, you can start having discussions about what does sustainability mean for me? What does it mean for you? Can we find some shared, um, you know, can we find some a shared way of, of working towards a more sustainable business model? And I'm not saying that the course is suddenly going to, you know, be this tool where people start developing business models within it. But I think it can, through the conversations you can also have on the platform, through the many different people who attended, attended I think you can, you know, it's, the, the knowledge is growing on the platform itself. And I, I, I guess that's what I'm hoping for. And I like uh, your your word conversation here, and I, I think also from a content standpoint, this uh, uh, this program is a real conversation of of voices that don't necessarily align one hundred percent. We we've mentioned a couple of the names. Perhaps we should uh, should run through the list of people who are who are contributing to the uh, to the MOOC. And from uh, from CBS, of course, it is it is yourself and your good colleague Espen Jardrum Pedersen, who is a professor at, at CBS. Uh, we've already mentioned uh, Florian Lidekefreund, who is a professor at uh, ESCP uh, Business School in Berlin and who has been central in the field of business models for sustainability throughout his career uh, for quite some time now. Uh, and then uh, in our uh, uh, among our, our friends in, in Spain is uh, is the the excellent uh, David Murillo, uh, who is uh, perhaps most uh, the, the the right way to to put it is that he works in the field of social innovation and uh, and he works with with uh, business models in that space and it's not necessarily uh, the case that all of our perspectives are you know they are certainly not completely overlapping. Perhaps sometimes we we would even within this team disagree on on several points uh, related to, to to business model design and uh, business model innovation for sustainability, and perhaps that richness is also part 
uh, of what brings value to this to this MOOC, that there's in some sense a multitude of voices, a multitude of uh, perspectives on business models for sustainability that we in some sense try to join forces under the same umbrella, if you will. I completely agree. Uh, and I also just want to add to the list of participants, uh, our filmmaker, Anna Lucia Diaz-Gevon, yes. who, um, who uh, is not only a filmmaker, but also uh, deeply engaged in the content and is an absolute expert out in um, helping us communicate research findings to a much broader audience. Um, and also she's been working within this field for so many years now and doing research so uh, so she's also quite an expert on the content by now i'm looking at the list here over the over the videos and there's so many interesting cases that uh, have been made from 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 puma to too good to go mud jeans uh, can you tell us a little about 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 uh, some of these uh, cases i would love to um so if we start with mud jeans for example um they're quite within the fashion industry they're um really interesting company in the sense that they have pretty much created um their own circular business model uh, so they're basically so what they do is basically they take their jeans that they have produced themselves they take them back um um and if they can't be uh, fixed or sold as vintage jeans or um redesigned in any way then they send them to their um, shredder they have a partner uh, in the shredding factory in spain who is then shredding the old jeans and out of those old you know shredded fibers they create new jeans um it's a lot of detail in this process but um um so they actually have a circular business model um already up and running which I think is super impressive and amazing because they've been front runners in this matter. Uh, and they're very willing to to talk about their efforts and how they've come to the point they're at now. They're also willing to share some of the struggles they've had. So uh, they're very kind and generous in that manner. Um, I think what we've also done for this uh, new course, which I think is quite interesting, is that we start talking not only about so the last module we basically lift the conversation not just to kind of a just to a business model level but to talking more about systems so the last module of the course is all about you know how do we almost create movements that that operate at system level so circular economy of course need to operate at a system level otherwise it will break down but, but in this last module, we really kind of take the discussion more concrete and talk about um, financial systems, for, of course, of, um, for example, uh, the financial system for people who want to transform their business models to become more sustainable. They often face some struggles in terms of, of, of uh, the economic system that is not really um, helping you transform your business model necessarily it's more uh, it's creating a lot of stumble blocks often in terms of uh, making profit on something that is uh, a better choice for both the environment and for societies at large um, so in uh, the last module we talked to um, uh, a person from a investment company called Duland based in Copenhagen 
but they talk about he can share with us a lot about sustainable investment and how how they from this perspective now see more and more investment going into sustainable companies because in the long term not necessarily in the short term but in the long term um, all statistics by now tend to show that sustainable or companies that are um, starting to work with sustainability where it's kind of integrated into their business models will in the long term perform better. There's something interesting here in 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 this um, these different layers, if you will, of of um, of not just the business model concept, but also of how we understand, you know, the business model and and you know the performance dimensions of the business model. Um, I'm thinking, trying to think back when we we started doing the the Sustbus.com, uh platform. I don't know, must be more than five years ago now, something like that. We started the project. And at the time, you know, looking back now in the rearview mirror, it seems a little bit naive, not naive, but, it, you know, at the time, the, the, the business model and specifically the sustainable business model conversation had not come quite as far as it has today. And, you know, I, I very much like this, if we think at least three, three levels here of, you know, the business model in and of itself, which can be within a single organization or across organizational boundaries. Then, as you say, this the second level of the, the you know the the business model ecosystems. So how different business models need to be seen in you know in not just in tandem, but but you know in some form of interaction. And I think that's absolutely true for sustainable business models, and in particular, perhaps for circular business models, which very often involve this kind of of flow of of resources and materials across organizational boundaries. And this is, of course one of the subsets of, of topics that are covered in, in this book. And then this third level that you also mentioned that, you know, like Sveinung and I like to, to joke about the society is really just, you know, a, a puzzle of many different, different uh, business models put together. You know, uh, what is a city if not just a, a mix of a lot of business models? That's an, in its own right a naive picture, of course. But, but this idea that if you put many business models together, you know, that together constitutes the bigger patchwork of a city of a society of a community and this you know systems level analysis then becomes its its own question and, and i think in this in this MOOC, we don't manage to you know to, to to tie together all of those threads but at least we're trying to address a little bit to those different levels of the, the conversation the single business model and the single firm the business model ecosystems and then you know business models working together at the level of communities, societies and, and systems and institutions. I think actually we have a quite interesting example with, um, so we did an interview with Klaus Meyer, who is um, the head of, or he was part of the founders of the new Nordic cuisine. Um, and at least uh, in a Danish context, in a Scandinavian context, I guess we could say a lot has happened the food culture over the last 10-15 years. Um, now we have spelt salads in 7-Eleven. That was not the case 10 years ago. So I'm just trying to say that the, you know, they've created a movement that has in, immensely increased the value of locally produced food, having people pay attention to quality of food, which in a Danish context is, you know, traditionally we haven't um, I think we're still one of the countries in Europe who spend the least 
amount of money on, you know, from what we have available on food, because traditionally we don't care <laughs> apparently what goes into what our mouth and our bodies. But with, with this movement, and, and I call it a movement, he talks about it a bit as activism. They've, they've completely changed the food scene in Denmark. I'm not saying, you know, that now we all suddenly eat things we picked in the forest, that's not the case. But I, the awareness around what we eat, uh, the awareness, the the value given to locally produced food, to good food quality, has increased immensely and created, uh, you know, space for a lot of new business models to also grow, which I think is uh, incredibly interesting. I think what the three of us have in, in common is that we, we started working with sustainability and sustainable business models long before it was popular. It was uh, it was rather unpopular at that time. And uh, it was quite, quite a struggle for us to find these cases. And it was also a struggle to, to get in contact with managers out there and start a real conversation about these important, um, important things. And what we see now is that practitioners, managers are coming to us to a larger degree. Uh, and we have executive courses. We have students today in big courses. And this is what they say they want to work with in the future. Uh, yes, we're bis business students, but we want to work with sustainable business. And what we have seen over time is that um, getting a language, getting the concepts, understanding a few models can help companies turn from unsustainable business models, at least to more sustainable uh, business models. I have this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fanboy of, of uh, Catherine Hayhoe, this uh, climate scientist in, in the United States. Uh, and she says that the most important thing that we can do for climate is to talk about it. And I want to paraphrase that in, into to sustainable, sustainability and sustainable business and, and say that the most important thing that we could do for sustainable business is to talk about it. And what better way than, than having a book like this that is open, that is in that way democratic. You can, you can go in there and you could, you could uh, spend your, your um, summer breakfasts, <laughs> as, if that's plural of breakfast, uh, as Lars Jakob did uh, last year. With these, uh, with other, with his lectures, uh, what I'm trying to say is that here is an opportunity for people to go in in an open platform and tap into that conversation, uh, learn more about the models, start speaking to friends about it, start speaking to to colleagues about it, um, start speaking to 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 other companies, to their suppliers, and see, okay, what is the problem? As we also start out the book, if you take a look at the first part of it, we, we ask, what is, the, what is the problem? Why do we need sustainable businesses models in the first place? Well, it's because <laughs> there's a lack of sustainable business models out there. At the same time, we know that there are things going on and we could learn uh, from the research that it has been done and also from practitioners here. And what I like about this, this MOOC, business models for sustainability is that uh, it opens with a problem it goes through some avenues here with innovation as you said with, with florian ludeke freund it uh, takes a, a deeper look at the at the circular business models this idea of a circular uh, economy and uh, 20 years ago when we finished our masters in, in business administration there were 
no such thing. We didn't talk about circular economy or circular business models at all. But today we meet practitioners, we meet managers. And as you said, with, with mud jeans, we meet companies who are trying to, to do this in practice. And, and we know from experience that when people start talking about this, well, there are things that they could do uh, as well. Uh, and then it's the, the, the practices and then it's the different uh, types of sustainable business models because they're not only circular business models. There there's several, several avenues for companies who want to try to do this in, in practice. And then uh, the last part, this, this ecosystem. As Lars Jakob said, all of these business models that have to work together, not only businesses, but also the larger community with the customers, uh, with um NGOs out there with governments and so on. So when I look at this, I'm, I'm pretty confident that a, a person out there, uh, a student then, will be able to, to, to become a part of that conversation and also be part, uh, part of that transformation from unsustainable business models to sustainable business models. I think... Um... I think I had so I'm this is not specifically related to this specific course but so a couple of weeks ago I taught in class um I'm happy to be back in the classroom as well <laughs> but um uh, we have a sustainable business model course running and um I tried to bring up this fundamental question of what is sustainability for whom in what context you know um that is what Florian in the MOOC is also talking about, the whole, the, the value that you need to take this value discussion first, you know, what are my values? What are your values? Um, and how do we, you know, not that values necessarily are good or sustainable, but if they are, how do we bring them into the company and how do we align that? And what was interesting in this class that I taught a couple of weeks ago is that the students, I, like it was, it was pretty magical actually, <laughs> because they were like, they were so excited to have these conversations and they're like this is so complex this is so difficult but it is so exciting <laughs> you know so it was quite fantastic to hear them have these conversations and that's understanding that what is good for me is not necessarily good for the person who's in my supply chain somewhere you know but how do we create something that's good for everyone who's kind of touched uh, by the company i think if you if if this MOOC can also help people start having those conversations I, I i would be immensely happy and we are after all at a quite early stage in the sort of in the history of of, of the field of sustainable business models so so even though like Sveinung said the three of us and, and several of the other uh, contributors to this MOOC and, and of course many of our colleagues have been working on this this topic for for years and years you know it is still quite fresh in business school curricula there are absolutely not all business schools where you can find a course in sustainable business models some schools might have a corporate responsibility course or a broader sustainability course or whatever it might be so I think that one of the real benefits also of this MOOC is that uh, it can be a supplement for students, whether at business, sorry, whether at bachelor level, master level, or, or executive for that matter, who want to supplement their studies in uh, whatever it might be, strategy or, or marketing or finance or accounting with specific materials on sustainable business models. And I think that the, the sort of uh, building block um, design of a MOOC 
makes it also very applicable and usable for those kinds of purposes. I fully agree. And I also hear a lot of people coming to us that they, they're they seeking more um, information. You know, students going to business school who actually want more of this. Uh, so even though we need to fix things now, in my opinion, at least, I think we also have uh, generations to come who are, you know, born with this to a much greater extent that they, they, they want this information. And I think the business schools, in my opinion, at least the few I know of, have are maybe a little slow <laughs> in, in bringing this more, you know, there is a request for it. So, but I think, you know, it's a, the business school is a massive system and it needs, you know, transforming curriculums takes time. So, so. It's not strange that this is taking time, but it's just we have students are asking for it, is my impression at least. Making a MOOC also takes time, but we uh, we made it. Yes. <laughs> it's there. Uh, you can find it on the Coursera platform. Uh, we didn't say, but uh, the Coursera platform can be found on Coursera.org. Uh, joining the platform is free. Uh, accessing the courses is, is free. And like uh, Kirsti said earlier, uh, there are sort of premium models where if you want to have a certificate, there are uh, payment models uh, for that. But but the entry cost here is very, very low. Uh, so we hope that all of our listeners will check out the course. Do also, of course, check out Kirsti's other course in sustainable fashion because building blocks uh, work well together here. So so uh, move from one uh, to to the other. And uh, we hope that uh, many of our listeners, their friends, their parents and grandparents and dogs and, and others who want to check out this MOOC, which is now available on Coursera. Thank you very much, Kirsti, for joining us here on Adventures in Sustainable Business today to talk about uh, and share uh, insight about this MOOC. Uh, it's been a pleasure working with you so far in this process, and we look forward to working with you in the future as well. Thanks to you. Thank you for the invitation. You have listened to Adventures in Sustainable Business with Jurgensen and Peterson. Visit us at jurgensenpeterson.no okay. where you can find more information about this podcast and other information about our work. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review.